I think we might need to go and talk to your brother now. Yes, well, I suppose we were on our way there anyway. This just provides more reason for haste, I suppose. I have to ask, what trouble are you in now? Potentia, yes. nat 20 on <laughs> your insights. You can actively hear when I rolled that in my audio. <laughs> now that you're like stopping and thinking, really thinking back to the voice from the the tabaxi with the mask in the underlibrary and, and on the street as well. Their voice was distorted behind that mask. But you know what? That voice might be Swift Rain. And now we continue. voice might be swift rain she's not going to say anything about that uh would there be like as you're like sitting there like gears turning numbers flashing across your head across like your vision thinking is there an expression change for potential something that like harold might pick up uh, on I don't know. I, With his I, incredible I, perception I, and insight. Well, I was going to say, I think that's a very different question. I think that's a question of um, what, because no one knows exactly what their faces are going to do in a situation like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like he'd probably be able to tell. I was thinking about something really hard. I don't know what he'd be able yeah. to tell. You, you were thinking about it really hard, but then there was that that clarity moment of like, wait a minute. Well, no, because what you said was that it might be. Not that it is, that it might be. So I don't know. She she hasn't got like a penny drop clarity. Yeah, it's moment. it's. I would say it is a in in your mind. It's a it's a better than fifty fifty chance. Yeah, but even so, like she doesn't. She deals in pretty pretty hard absolutes mm -hmm. a lot of the time, and so a might. I don't know that would flash a full clarity. Like you want a good a good p value. Yeah, I I, well, I think her the the thing about the distortion is actually what makes her not sure. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Okay. So I would say there's probably not that like pin drop. But that doesn't moment. mean that Harold isn't seeing something that like there's not a penny drop moment. But yeah. that doesn't mean that there's not something that he's seeing. I just don't know what it. Given that we're in a situation, if potential rolls a deception, and if my passive insight beats that, then I will I will notice something. It's not like I'm looking right at her, so I don't think even with that I wouldn't be like. You know, I, I, like insight doesn't allow you to read minds. You know, it just yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so uh, potentially get me, give me a deception roll, please. A Twelve. So you're gonna thump that pretty hard. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so Harold is like, hmm, but I, 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 I have no context for what, you know, for what. You don't know what I'm thinking. No. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Whether you choose to ask me about that later is a different question entirely. Okay. So. Uh, Gregory has presented you some options about what to do with the hand, what you want to do moving forward, whether or not you want to 
leave it with him because he can make inquiries into what's happening with Swift Rain at the the main office and he can present this hand over to them so they can do their investigation if that's something that you would want. Uh, you can take a slice of it, maybe a pinky or something for your own investigating purposes. And he's also said that there are some people here at the Irregulars office that could help you with some scrying. Ben, I'm going to ask you a question now to okay. avoid metagaming. Okay. <laughs> Based on Harold's fascination with adventuring and all that entails, how likely is Harold to know about legend lore, the spell? Oh... Mm. You can leave this part in the podcast too. I think this is actually a good discussion yeah, about how D&D works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to explain what legend lore is. That's okay. We will. Yeah. That's the benefit. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> we'll have to now. <laughs> um, I only know about this because of pure chance and some other podcasts I listen to, Joe. So like, this is just a mm -hmm. luck that Kate knows what's going on here. Okay. Oh. I would say... Given your uh, fondness for adventuring in terms of not just the activity of, but like storytelling and reading periodicals, you probably have heard of the spell Legend Lore. Right. Okay. You would, you would also know that it's not something that you just, just, just do. do. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. In that case, then uh, I will say... Gregory, um, you know, do you recall Faustus uh, once retrieved this object and um, I believe the person they retrieved it for was some kind of uh, historian or or such and they, they had a way of, of extracting the, the story and the, the history uh, of the object. What, what I'm thinking is, we, we have we have a piece of this golem here, and surely we could clear up this whole mess if we could find a person able to do such a thing, because the, the golem hand would surely tell the story of the person who was controlling it, and we could we could clear uh, clear Swift Rain's name, I suppose. You know, if if the story can indicate who 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 the golem belongs to. Yes, yeah. Um, I, you have to forgive me, Harold. I, you, I was never into adventuring as much as you are, and you've told me a lot of stories about Faustus and and other adventurers. And given the serious nature of what's happening here, I, I'm going to be honest. I maybe only half listened. <laughs> um so I, I know that sometimes irregulars and justicars use the spell scrying to you know if we have a, a likeness or a possession of the, the the person we can use it to track them and and see what they're doing guidance even can be useful in in small you know, giving someone a moment of inspiration. What what are you talking about exactly? Well, there's a there's a spell. I suppose it's 
a form of divination, but um, one can, if one has the object, they can, they can essentially divine the history of this object, you know, where it's been, who has wielded it or controlled it or created it, um, important events it's been part of. It's it's very difficult, though. I honestly, it's a you know only very practiced uh, diviners can do this, and I, I I don't know if there's anyone in the, the city that can do it. I mean, I think Faustus was uh, north somewhere when when all of this happened, but hmm. Well, I most of the diviners here are pretty skilled i don't know if they would know this spell that you're talking about they they definitely know the spell divination and i've seen them also use scrying which i am told is a a high level spell i can ask if if you want do we want to bring are you are you comfortable with me bringing in someone else into into this Situation, for lack of a better word. I think if I'm not a hundred percent comfortable, but I, mean, I don't like, like I don't want to put any more people in danger. But Gregory, I think if you trust them, then that's good enough for me. What do you guys think? Well, there's the slightly sticky issue of the fact that we sort of neglected to tell the city any of this. Gregory, you're the only one who really knows about this beyond a very tight circle of people. I. What if we said we found it? Which isn't technically untrue, it's just that we happen to know the source of it. We could say that we don't know the source of it, but what happened to me in my apartment? Mm. I mean, we did take up a legitimate contract to ferry this thing. Yes, Who's did. to say a piece of it fell off and we just happened to have it still? You see Gregory shift uh, a little uncomfortably. I'm not comfortable with it either, Gregory. Lying's not my forte, but I'm trying to fi- figure out a way that would allow your colleagues to not get further embroiled in something that could be dangerous for them in a way that is still going to garner the information that is necessary and protect everyone concerned. It is a best of both worlds situation not an intentional lie it's just an omission which from my understanding of my brief meeting with your compatriot on the night of your parents party is something that this particular group of people are quite good at doing yeah there are definitely some things that the irregulars deal with that um probably best go unreported but I suppose that's why I'm here to make sure that the things that don't go unreported are the only things that go unreported I'm not sure that came out right but I think you understand what I'm saying Harold Meredith potentially? we got the gist okay all right there are some things that we deal with that the average citizen probably shouldn't know about and that the average city guard probably shouldn't know about 
and sometimes we have to do things a little off book but I make sure that the things that are off book are okay things and I'm sure you do a fantastic job uh, I'm sure if you trust them Gregory um, it's fine I mean Nikolai he seems very invested in keeping the city safe and something tells me he's been around a while yes yes that is that is very true even Garen you know seems to have a bit of a history you know once we're in a less sticky situation I have some very interesting intel from Garen would you believe yeah. More of a family matter, but, um, you know, in lighter circumstances, I think you might find it quite interesting, actually. Hmm. Okay. I have I have not spoken with him, with Officer Hale, that much. Um, seems like a stand-up like stand kind of fellow. Well, he was very helpful. Uh, we, uh, we dealt with a... Slight um, issue in the underlibrary recently, and he was—he was very transparent. Oh, he looks at a piece of paper that he's got on his desk. You're the three unnamed students who helped out in the underlibrary. Only because Bone and Ars. Well, I suppose you'll be pleased to know that Officer Hale protected your identities. I can go and ask our divination wizard here if—if if that's what we're doing. I mean, I think scrying and uh, th this story ritual, uh, I, I think they're both rather difficult. So, uh, you know, I think either could possibly be instructive. Okay. Well, let's see. And he puts the hand on the desk. Uh... Maybe we put it back in that box while we have a chat here. We wouldn't want it doing anything. All right. And he hands the, the hand back to you, Potential. Hands put... the hand. <laughs> she um puts it back in its box. Okay. Such that it's... If he needs to break any... Break the magic um thing that it's sealed off still. All right. Uh, well, he is going to deactivate that anti-magic field like twisting it back and pushing the petals of this thing back together so that the anti-magic field um, drops and your cells are no longer suppressed you sort of see her shake off the um, the weird feeling that she's had the whole time mm. um, by you I mean um, potential uh, but I mean Meredith and Harold yeah uh, you, you three stay here um, finish up your donuts and I'm going to go grab Officer Ruquil. And he steps out of his office. He leaves the blinds closed, though. Uh, do you, the three of you want to have a quick conversation before I introduce this new NPC? Yeah. Um, Meredith just kind of looks around at everyone and goes, so how are we feeling about this? I mean, I feel a lot better putting this in the hands of the Irregulars than, you know, the regular Justicar division. Uh, yeah. You know, they've been very heavy-handed in all of this. Uh, and I feel like maybe they have more of a... Um, 
I think they want to be seen to be doing something more than they're concerned about maybe getting the right result. I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm being a little cynical, but this is how politics go, unfortunately. Yeah, and I feel like anything that we can give them that will help Swift reign is going to be positive, right? I mean, a problem shared is a problem halved, right? So mm, absolutely. A couple of extra brains on the problem, especially those who've got experience with weird occurrences, is not a bad thing to have behind us. Yeah. I mean, I just, I worry about getting more people involved, you know? Yes, I, I, I mean... It's not like we all signed up to be involved in the first place either. No, that is very true. I think, yeah, the, the fewer people involved, the better. The fact is, we don't know how how deep this organization goes. I mean, for all we know, yeah. Swift Rain could be the, the person, you know? I mean, it, it's kind of like hiding in plain sight. I Obviously, I, I don't... I'm not, I'm not making any assumptions. I... It doesn't make any sense no, if he is. I don't. Though. I don't see a reason why it would be them. But for all mm. we know, it could be. You know, uh, we we have basically nothing when it comes to the identity of this character. Mm. I mean, what you? I've heard Swift Rain speak, and well, in so much as a distorted voice is a voice at all, the the voice of the the masked one in the underlibrary. Um, what about you, Lot? I, I don't, I don't have any sense. I mean, of I've heard, heard all three of them speak as well, but you're right. There was the masked voice is too distorted. It's it's just it's impossible to tell. And I mean, like I'm a musician. I I'm pretty good at picking up on that kind of thing. I mean, I've I've only heard I only heard them speak in the underlibrary, but it occurs to me that the the person down there they were manic almost. You know, they were. Talking yeah. to someone that I couldn't see, uh, and they—they they seemed very scattered. Um, you know, Swift Rain yeah, is Swift a Swift Rain is way too, way too, you know, even keeled. I mean, I guess that's the question, right? Like, we—we we just don't know. We—we don't—we don't know them at all, really. Yeah. We could be being duped we could be completely right mm. in our assumptions i i just don't know oh i hate it when i can't read people properly mm. doesn't happen often but it just it sucks it just makes me feel really useless we all have our shortcomings meredith and sometimes it's not so much a shortcoming permanently as a shortcoming of a moment yeah i hope so I would hate to think I'm losing my touch. You know, I am remembering. I'd sort of, well, I'd sort of forgotten because Raymond told me, and obviously, you know. Ugh, why, why, why does he uh, have to come up? He's. Uh, he, he actually did tell me that when he purchased that, um, that ghostly pyramid, mm -hmm. the tabaxi that sold it to him did have grey fur and a white patch on their face which does yeah. match pretty well with I mean I'm sure there's more than one grey tabaxi with white fur on their face I mean maybe it's a familial mark I don't know but yeah but remember how I delivered that hand to dust of chalk 
they didn't have a patch on their face. Meredith, I think it might be possible, though, that the person who you delivered that hand to may not actually have been Dust of Chalk, or maybe maybe what? they actually are Dust of Chalk, but that, that Dust of Chalk person is actually not involved. I mean, if you remember, when we delivered that package, um, you know, I was... Yeah. I was using Orion to sort of scout the area and there was a hooded figure watching the whole thing go down and it was that hooded figure that pursued us and then, uh, you know, attacked the cafe. Right. I think it's possible oh, they were using okay. a proxy to avoid being detected because... So Dust of Chalk isn't involved at all? No, maybe that whole thing is a red herring. Well, why have you been letting me believe that that was the thing? Harold! Well, I, I, sorry, I, told, I told Potentia what I saw. I, I just, I didn't really think about it until just now, but I, I feel like there's been a lot of misdirection going on this whole time. It's so confusing. I think we need an outside set of eyes on this because we're, there's so many yeah. things up in the air and we all have different bits of information and we don't have a person who can collate that information and make it make any sense. Because right now you have information, I have information, or we all think we do. And we don't know what any of it means because I, for one, have zero experience dealing with anything on this scale. Well, to be quite honest, me too. Yeah, nor I. This is I the mean, biggest thing I've ever been involved in. You know, I've read mysteries and stories, but no, I've never been involved in anything like this. This is crazy. The door opens to Gregory's office and Gregory walks in, followed by an mm -hmm. Azamar person. They are grey-skinned with eyes that are almost milky white Ooh. with black hair that is very short and neatly cut. They're wearing flowing robes just covered in patchwork pockets. Hello, I am Safio Ruquil. I believe you've asked for someone with divination experience. Hi, Safiyor. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you for helping. Um, my name's Meredith. This is Harold. And this is Potentia. Uh, we... I know your names. Of course you do. Gregory told me. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um... And they, they give Gregory like a sly smile. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have something that we just, we need your help with. Could you, could you take a look at this for us? And she um, gestures to Potentia. Yeah. So she just opens up the box. Oh, sorry, she waits because she's waiting for um, Gregory to put the magic shield back up again or do something uh, to ensure mm. that it can't be tracked. That's the magic the shield. Won't help. No, I know, but like... No. Yeah, Gregory is going to activate the anti-magic field again. Isn't that going to make divination not work? Yes, it is. That's correct. Okay. Uh, but but Safior can examine the, the hand at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before anything happens, she wants that at least to have... Mm. So she's going to reopen the box. That is interesting. Right? I am not just a divination expert. I'm also quite a detective. And I can tell you straight away that this thing has seen some, some interesting action in its time. Part, part of the, the damage on it might have been caused by my hitting it into a wall um yes i can see what what is this uh a staff or a a broom 
she like telescopes her staff out from behind her and like mm. okay and telescopes it back in again um it was a broom i think wasn't it or was it your staff no it was, it was, her it was your, staff, your quarter staff yeah okay it's her quarter staff yeah mm. it looks like it's been melted and then reformed in some way and it did that itself it looks as though it's someone's been taking some some chunks out of it too well this is the golem hand that was attached at some point to the golem that was causing you some trouble i've i've heard bits and pieces through various channels but i don't know the whole story would you mind telling me and we can we can star wipe to after you've told the story if you'd like. Yeah, let's do that. I've told this sto- I've told this story enough times in this ep- this series of episodes that we don't need to hear it again. We we fade to you've you've just finished the story. <sighs> yes, I can see why you'd want to investigate this to to learn. Well, the big. Big W, capital W, Y. But also, I can see why you'd want to not be involved anymore. I can perform divination magics on this, this hand. I can tell you where the rest of it probably is. I could maybe tell you who made it. If you describe this tabaxi again to me, I might be able to divine their location, but you said something about that mask maybe prevents it? Yes, I, I, well, I presume the city has been trying divination magic um, themselves. I mean, you know, they, they have a description of the, uh, of this person already, um, but um, I suppose... I imagine wherever this this tabaxi is, the golem would be with them still if it's still around. I mean, the problem is, last I saw that golem, it it, uh, it was buried under some substantial amounts of snow and dirt on a mountain. It, it could still be there for all I know, and then then we might we might not find anything. I'm I'm not sure. Salutations, it's Ben, your friendly Dungeons and Doctorates DM, reminding you once again to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DNDoctorates, and to use the hashtag DNDoctorates when you talk about the show. If you do, I might see your name and be like, oh, cool, I've been looking for a new NPC name, and this person's name is perfect tell your friends and maybe you'll end up as an NPC in a future episode. We have a special message to be read out on the show and this one is going to be read out by Zeta, the postgraduate student representative. Do you live in the Melbourne, Australia area and need more role-playing in your life? Then head over to our friends at the Monash University Role Players. Don't worry if you're not a student, they have a wide membership of students and non-students alike. Monash Uni Role Players, or MURP, MURP, facilitate tabletop role-playing games such as Dungeons and Dragons between members and provide rooms to play in. Additionally, they run other events such as semi-annual mass one-shots called Infernals, weekend-long camps, 
annual dinners, game design meetups, monthly one-shots, game master seminars, inter-university tournaments, and more. Annual membership is only $7. More information can be found on their Facebook page or on their website at monashuniroleplayers.com. That's monashuniroleplayers.com. M-U-R-P. Thanks for that, Zeta. They sound like a really cool group. If you're in Melbourne, check them out. And if you would like a message to be read out on the show by any of our NPCs or any of the cast, fill out the form. Let us be the mouthpiece for your message. The next episode is coming out next week, Thursday, the 29th of July. So keep an eye out for that. I won't hold us up any longer. Let's get back to this episode right now. Well, there are some options. I could scry on this golem. You've just you can describe it to me, and I do have, well, a body part of it, which would make the scrying much easier. I can do that. I have they reach into their their cloak and pull out a a silver mirror, which is of like exquisite quality. I have a focus that I can use to scry and see, but the spell legend lore that you've talked about, Harold, that, well, I have the ivory strips that I need, but I would need a large amount of incense and other things, and that's that's an expense that I don't know I can shoulder, I'm sorry. Uh, metagame for a moment. You need 250 gold worth of incense. Yeah. Safiel would say also it is if it is not legendary, I can't gain anything from it. What classifies as legendary? Mm, well, I would need to have stories about it or... Hmm. And your story is is one, but it would need more. Well, it mm-hmm. sounds like from from conversations that we've had, obviously trying to understand what has happened to us over the past weeks, um, it sounds as if, based on conversations we've had with uh, people, at least at a local level, this is something that is ha- that this organization that it is believed that this golem is part of is global and so there are there may well be stories about the organization although we don't necessarily know if that's particular to this object i guess it would be part of a bigger story not the story itself Mm. divination unfortunately has its limits i could also perhaps ask for some kind of divine truth I would just need some incense and a, an offering of some kind to to cast that metagame, 25 gold worth of stuff to cast the spell Divination, which allows you to ask a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity that occurs within seven days. Um, like you could ask the location of something that is that like, and you would know where it would be within seven days, but the reply is often short or cryptic. Or an omen they could scry 
on the the golem using the spell scrying mm -hmm. the golem will get to make a saving throw to try and prevent that from from sticking and then if, if that works then they can they can see and hear things within 10 feet of the target so they might be able to determine the location based on context clues sort of like if you ever played that google maps game where you, it drops you somewhere and you have to work out where you are in the world there are multiple options but what you need to be aware of is that if we are using divination magic we can't stay here in this anti-magic field when you start looking into things sometimes those things start looking back at you would a person know if you were trying to scry on them they would not know that they are being targeted by scrying but they would know that they have sh shaken off the effect of a spell just as if you are being targeted by a spell and you resist it you know you've been targeted by something there's a a sensation back of the head or the ear or something do you know, do you know what i mean hmm. i think so if that's going to happen i don't want to be anywhere near it personally but that's i mean the rest of you may be more adventurous types but um i mean i can defend myself but that's not it's not what i'm built for there is a room here that I used to scry. If anyone was to know what I'm doing and attempt to look back, it would be very difficult to work out where we actually are. However, anyone standing with me would be seen. Hmm. So I suppose the safest option then is to um, try and find the history of this golem or perhaps as you said uh, you know see if there is some divine assistance i mean look at this point any information is going to be helpful right yes because we've got nothing but the most the most direct way of course would be to try and scry on who we believe to be the perpetrator of all of this it's obviously since that red fellow arrived uh, a little more complicated than that uh, it just depends if the if if the if their ability to be protected from scrying if it comes from an object it's possible you know I, I feel like if it fails then we probably know it isn't I could definitely scry on uh, swift rain I could scry on dust of chalk and if I can see them then that gives us something. I mean, what I'm yeah. thinking is, you know, it, um, Swift Rain is in custody, and depending on how they are protected from scrying, it is possible that now they're in custody. If it were them, for example, maybe those protections are no longer in place. And if it fails, then perhaps we know it is not them. This is Gregory speaking. You said that they put on manacles onto Swift Rain? Yes, yes. They were they were arrested, essentially. Those manacles, I, I've seen them before. They probably are preventing any magic being used by the person who is wearing them. Does that mean no magic can be used upon them, or only that they cannot use magic themselves? No, magic can be used upon them. They themselves are 
prevented from using, well, at least arcane magic. Well then, I feel like I feel like this is going to help us know one way or the other. Yes, and I, I don't, I don't have any incense or um, what else did you say it required? Well, scrying. I just need this mirror. Uh, right, but the the other option was. Uh, well, I could ask divination. for divine assistance, which just requires incense and a, a sacrificial offering. Right. I mean, I I don't really carry incense. Uh, I mean, potentia. I, I know you do, but I it's a rather large amount from what I from what I uh, from what you've said for the. The story, you know, I have a, I have a little bit of divinatory power of my own. Um, if we if we move somewhere, if we move somewhere without uh, the anti magic field, um, I can propose a course of action and get a vague idea of whether it will be helpful or not. That's a start. I mean, that sounds good. Gentry's just sort of like looking at you, being like, "What do you mean?" Um, I would have picked up on that. I'll say, yeah. Um, you would. <laughs> well, the thing is, the the stars uh, have many answers in them, uh, somewhat cryptic, but it can be useful. Well, I, I mean, if if you think it would be of assistance, then I'm not averse to this idea. I mean, also, this doesn't really carry any risk. You know, no one, we're not directing the spell at anybody. It just sort of, you know, I I, I just get an indication of whether whether a course of action we plan to take could be helpful or harmful to us, essentially. Right. Well, I mean, more information is never bad. Well, I suppose then we should, um, we should put the thing back in the box for now and head into the, the scry room, I suppose. Okay, so she's going to seal up it back in the box and pop it back in her bag. And Gregory's going to deactivate the anti-magic field. All right, let's do this. You make your way through... I keep saying you make your way. I don't want to be my catchphrase. Make your way! Oh, it's your catchphrase. It is your catchphrase. I'm sorry. Make my way, <laughs> But, like, uh, you say it in every episode, though. <laughs> okay. So you <laughs> travel through the Irregulars <laughs> Department building and get to the Divination Room, which is a... Sim- very simple stoneworked building, com- like stoneworked room, completely enclosed, uh, with just a table and some chairs in it. Mm-hmm. There is some torchlight hanging around in this room because it's there's no windows here, and it is by its nature probably cooler in this room than the rest of the building. Mm. Uh, so those torches get lit, and um, Safior and Gregory make themselves like comfortable with that table and chairs and they invite you to, to take seats as well. And Safior looks at you, Harold, and says, I believe you wanted to cast some of your own magic before I begin? Um, yes. Uh, if you just give me a moment and Harold will pull out the constellation orb and puts out his two hands and just holds the constellation orb uh, like cupped in his hands and as you see his stare like looking in the direction of orb but somehow past the orb his eyes slowly glaze over till they're completely jet black and there are no words but you see constellations 
different constellations flashing inside of his eyes. Oh, cool. And seemingly there's a there's a pattern. And for the benefit of the GM, Harold is asking the universe if we scry on the tabaxi that we believe to be responsible for the you know for the attack essentially the tabaxi that we're looking for will we find what we're looking for or will it will it fail essentially and the the possible responses are wheel for good results woe for bad results wheel or woe for good and bad results or essentially the results aren't especially good or bad so so this is kind of like using it like a magic eight ball yeah you're going to get mixed result right so wheel and woe as that as that sort of answer materializes if you know your constellations you would see the constellation of the punisher appear mm-hmm. as well as the forgiver and they both appear and then Harold breathes in and his eyes just snap instantly back to normal. Can Meredith like kind of, because she's been like peering at his eyes going, what the? And she like jerks backwards and goes, what? Okay. Um, so I, I sort You're of, right? yeah, no, I, I, so I, I sort of asked the universe, I suppose, um, what would happen if we scried on the tabaxi and it, it was a little unclear whether it would be necessarily wholly good or wholly bad. So it could be a, a mixed bag is what I'm saying. So I don't know if that influences what you want to do. I, I could I could ask about um, the, the, the legend divination, but uh, unfortunately you know the universe only has so many answers and we we have a slightly lower chance of getting an accurate result so i mean the answer that we got is kind of not very helpful uh, safior is is like looking at you with a, a very like studied look studied look they are examining you i have never seen someone perform divination in such a way interesting yes um, I'm really learning every day, honestly, but uh, it, it seems like the stars have some kind of magic and I'm, I'm doing my best to try and unravel those secrets. Curious. Well, if you are done with your divination, I can begin, or if you would like to take a moment and ask the stars more questions. I mean, I suppose the question is, what do we really want to know? Do we want to know the whereabouts of the golem, or do we do we really definitively want to know the whereabouts of this tabaxi? I think we want to know both. Both, right, guys? Both? I mean, I'd, I just want to know that I'm going to be safe in my own apartment, really, but that's a completely different issue entirely, I think. Oh, it's related, though more in terms of I don't know that either of those questions is going to give me a concrete answer regardless. True. What do you think? Uh, and, and she turns her attention to Gregory, who I assume has come into this room with us. Yes. Hmm. It's mean my understanding that the more questions you ask of divination magic, the more likely you are to run into misinformation. 
and he looks at Safiyor, who who gives a nod. So I suppose you need to be specific. If you want as well, I have said that I can keep that that hand here safe and under lock and key. So you won't have to worry about it being in your apartment. And Meredith kind of jumps in and looks at Potentia and goes, I think that is a very good idea. Yes, I have to agree. But you go one way, you might find out more about this tabaxi. If you go the other, you might find out more about what caused the hand to, to become animated. And if you stop that, maybe you feel more at ease in your own your own home. I think at the moment our priority should be to find the tabaxi and rule out or rule in um, spirit rain? What? No. Swift rain. Swift rain. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm happy with that as a decision. Because we've got, in my brain, we've got the hand being kept away from you, Potential, which is really good and makes me so much happier um, because just the idea of anything happening to you it's just not an option um so i feel like that's all taken care of and then second we've got um you know we're with the right people and and we can find out more information and and help help ren yes i mean we should really try and um clear swift rain's name if we can right definitely uh safior um kind of interjects I am able to scry twice after a rest. I can help you out with one more divination spell or a scrying, but I'm sorry, I have other things that need my attention. Uh, Look, that is so helpful, what you can, you know, what you've offered. That's incredible. And that's heaps more information than we would have gotten. So whatever you can do to help is very appreciated. I guess it's... I, I'm not really sure even what to ask, Harold. I I mean, if you want my opinion, Potentia, I, I, I think the hand will be safe here, and that definitely alleviates a lot of my worry about it being in your apartment. Um, I feel like the golem is... Uh, I mean, what's more consequential, do we think? The golem or the whereabouts of this tabaxi? I mean, at the end of the day... Swift rain, their career might be at stake. Uh, do we, do we potentially help someone whilst furthering our own agenda? If we, if we ask about that, uh, it feels like we get two birds with one stone almost. Meredith is like nodding vigorously. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Okay, I'm happy with that. If you, if you all are, well, if that's what's going to happen, I will ask you all, and they end. Safior was going to pull out a small chest from underneath the table. Please place in here any items that could be used to identify you. And Safior and uh, Gregory are going to take off their badges and put their badges into this this chest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is just going to turn and say, I'm going to step out of this room for the duration because... There's not a lot I can do about my face. Well, we also have some robes that we can put on with hoods. It would it would help at least obscure what we're doing in here. Um. But if you want to step outside, you're welcome to. 
Given this thing has been in my apartment, they already know where I live. I'd rather they didn't know that I was here. Meredith is nodding um, and she's like, I'll come with you because she doesn't want her to be by herself. It's, a, it's okay, Meredith. I, I'm not going far. I'll just stand outside the door. It's probably one of the most secure buildings. No, I know. In the city. But if I'm honest, I don't really want to be in here either. <laughs> oh, well, that's a different story entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right to do this, Harold? Yes, I mean, you know, without being too pompous about it, I have friends in pretty high places. I, I think I'll be okay. You've always got your brother to have your back. And she glances across at Gregory and just sort of... Because, like, if one of them's in here, the, the two of them are both. It gives you a nod. Okay, um, we'll just step outside then, I guess. Um, and she just takes the, uh, the box out of her bag. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that because of Harold's perception skills mm-hmm. he's worked out how to open the box based on having seen her do it a couple of times mm-hmm. yeah yeah in yeah. front of him probably like gregory now knows how to open the box as well it's yeah. just like the initial like this looks completely sealed how do we open this yeah exactly so she places it on the table or one of the chairs or whatever steps out and you two step outside gregory and safio begin to put on these these dark robes Harold, you are given one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'll I'll put that on for sure, yeah. And Zafrio asks, who am I scrying for first? I think firstly, I think we should try the tabaxi because... Uh, Which tabaxi? So, uh, what I can tell you is the tabaxi that we believe is responsible has grey fur with a white patch on their face they carry I would assume somewhere on their person uh, a mask of some sort Um, and they have previously been in very close proximity to this golem, I I think that may help you in your search Uh, forgive me, I'm not too knowledgeable about how this works but I will try so this the casting time for this spell is 10 minutes. Mm. Safior, with with their hood up, begins looking in this mirror and casting this arcane spell. And their eyes turn from milky white to a deep, deep pool of black. And you couldn't see it before, Harold, but as they are casting magic, there is a, a sigil that appears on their forehead. Mm-hmm glows with a, a white light not enough to illuminate but enough to be seen mm. even even with the hood down target needs to make a wisdom saving throw which is modified by how well you know the target and the sort of physical connection you have to it mm. now they have not met this target they've only got second yeah. hand information so that's a plus five we do have a possession or garment, I suppose, which is a neg four. So maybe it's only the golem mm. hand. That's true. So maybe it's okay, a plus so one the... overall. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. So I have mirror in one hand and the golem hand in the other. All right. Here we go. Ooh, that's a low save. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Oh no. I also love that Ben is trying to increase the tension, but we're like, we're, we're just listening to you. <laughs> Low save is... The person trying to resist the scribe. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. That means they. Okay. I, so I believe not only do they fail, they're not even aware that they're being scribed upon, unless they <laughs> can yes. see invisible things. In which case, they may be able to see the. There's like an orb. Anyway, that's yeah. meta game knowledge. None of us in, in game know that, but anyway. The mirror's surface stops reflecting the room, and shifts perspective to see something else and Gregory leans in to see and I would I imagine you move around to see as mm -hmm. well the mirror is flickering between two images like two images superimposed onto each other one is a grey furred tabaxi with a white patch on their face sitting in a holding cell <gasps> with manacles on and a justicar standing nearby asking them questions oh no and the other image that it flicks to is the mask by itself, mm -hmm. surrounded by just darkness. As Safior looks into this mirror, Harold, you will, you will notice that there are black tears that are pouring out of their eyes and they spasm, <gasps> dropping the golem's hand. No! That sigil on their forehead shines brightly and the mirror cracks in two and they what? drop it onto the table and are thrown back in their chair. <gasps>